TV radio seeks to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministries, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power. Experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. God tells you to declare and do something, you may be looking at the battle and whatnot, what's not what God's doing in the long run. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the battle. You go through the battle and you stand in God in the battle, but God's taking you through the battle to take you into a greater realm of His glory and prosperity. So, this came to me this week to preach on a prosperous soul. In 1945, I had to look it up last night, and I didn't realize it was this long ago. Actually, Oral Roberts was, was born in 1918, which was long, which, which was before my mother was born. And he sat down, he was a preacher, the pastor of a church, and some of you in this room may have just heard of Oral Roberts because of Oral Roberts University. But he was pastoring a church, and he sat down, and his Bible fell open to 3 John, verse 2. Faith entered him, and it became the of God. When he read that scripture, faith and revelation entered the man. In other words, a supernatural impartation happened to him that day. For this kind of powerful move of God to happen on the earth, it came out of that scripture. And the word of God became the power of faith in his life. There are times when you read something and that's good and you read it and you build your soul full of it, but there's a time when that word of God speaks. 
and it becomes a living word of God, and it brings with it the power of God. And this is what happened to him that day, and it became the move of God on the earth. Now, I was five years old in 1945, okay? Growing up on a farm in southeast Missouri, and in my journey of life, I was not taught that the Lord cared about my financial prosperity. It just wasn't. God helped those who helped themselves. That's what I was taught. And you work hard, and it, and you don't ask God to do for you what you can, what you can do for yourself. I'm sorry, that's just what I was taught. Right. If you can do it for yourself, what are you doing asking God to help you do it? Go out there and get it done. You know. Okay. So that was all I had to work on being was a good person. Joanne Gregg is up there. But see, he came into this revelation in 1945, and he's bringing people into prosperity. But it was the 1970s before that truth became a reality to me. Um, I read, I, I think I got a hold, maybe I was watching TV, and so I'm on TV, maybe I got a hold of this book, See Faith, I don't know. But see, I always believed the Word of God. But I just didn't know that he cared about me being prosperous. He just wanted me to work hard. If I just kept on working hard, then I would please him. If I kept on trying to be good, I would please God. And this was my mindset. And when I got a hold of that scripture, God delivered me. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, we all know that scripture by heart now. But there was a time that it was taught in church. I never heard it. From that move of God, um, this truth, and it's truth, okay, this is a truth of God. From that move of God, and I didn't know about it until I'm in my 30s, okay? And uh, God delivered the church from a spirit of poverty. And when I got a hold of that truth, he delivered me from a spirit of poverty. A spirit of saying that I can't have uh, because I don't deserve. I mean, I'm working hard and doing and living fairly well, but I still had that idea on me that I couldn't have it because I didn't deserve it. I hadn't perfected myself yet enough to deserve whatever, whatever it was. So that's the spirit of poverty. And I had that spirit of poverty. And in the denominational church that I was in, we wore that spirit of poverty as a badge of honor. Okay. And the rich would not in any way act like they were rich. They would walk in, they would wear, they would wear very expensive clothes that were probably 30 years old. But you knew they were expensive 30 years ago. Yeah. You got that message. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm going way back for body. Body doesn't know about these people. <laughs> <laughs> I got some folks in here. Don't y'all remember? Yeah. <laughs> but Christians and Christianity and the church were delivered into prosperity. And that we, it's okay for us to be prosperous. Not only is it okay, God desires that you be prosperous. Amen. 
God delights for you to be prosperous. This is his plan for you. This knowing and the faith and the realization that as we follow the Lord, sow into his kingdom, follow his ways, obey him, love him, we as we come into our inheritance and we will absolutely inherit all the kingdom promises that are in the Bible belong to me. Every promise in the Bible belongs to you. Amen. Step up and claim it. We have to believe it. We can go around and let Satan convince us that we don't deserve anything because we haven't got perfect yet. Or that we don't deserve this or we don't deserve that. Or we can walk like we're rich. And you can hold yourself like you're rich because your soul is to be rich. Your soul is to prosper. And if you walk like you're rich, you're honoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you have a rich soul and your soul is rich, it's rich with the magnificence and the glory of God. It's rich with the magnificence of his creative power. It's rich with the magnificence of his love and his life that flows through you. And the goodness that he desires for you, your soul becomes rich. Your soul becomes prosperous. But you can't, you've got to be delivered from that spirit of poverty. But out of that, there was a whole generation of people who were delivered. And we came into the realization that we can't inherit all the promises of God. And you can say that was always there, but it wasn't always there where I came from. I'm sure somebody read the Bible got a hold of that. But until that word became life, the Spirit of God took that word of God. And he put it in a man, a vessel, an instrument. And he put that word in that man. And the Spirit of God moved on that word. And he delivered a generation. Do y'all remember when this happened and the church made this shift? I did. Hallelujah. Also, with that came the faith that we're to live in hell. Hey, Kirk. Good morning. And this too is joyously provided to us through the wondrous grace of the cross. That, it, that you and I are to live in hell. And I got a hold of a revelation Tuesday while I was preaching. You, if you've been around here, you've heard me take authority over place. Because at the brazen altar, the priest would take the fire pans when there was a plague in the land, and they would sprinkle it over the land, and it would break the plague. Okay, so I know that at the cross of Jesus Christ, that same authority should be released to the church. Okay, because at the cross, Jesus released that authority. But we are not seeing it. Okay, I was preaching Tuesday on Moses. And how uh, Moses got in trouble with God. And, but when I saw it, because of their murmuring, it brought plagues on the land. 
Because, uh, okay, so I can pray all day long for that priest for that, to, to break that off with the fire pan. But until the people repent of murmuring, that plague still holds over the land. And I thought, well, Lord, I should have been praying that all the time. Get the people to confess murmuring so that we have the authority and the power to break plagues off the land. Mm. Now, just because you, you have not under a plague doesn't mean that you murmur. That means that it has authority over the land because of the murmuring of the people, the murmuring of the church. Pastor Taylor, does that mean Facebook is just a glorified platform for murmuring? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, they're going fine. They're coming into agreement with Satan. They're not coming into agreement with what God said. When we murmur and complain, we're coming into agreement with Satan. We're giving him power. He has power. He has power. We can either give him, we can give Satan power to keep us in a mud hole, or we can come in agreement with God and come right here. Okay. What does it mean to have a prosperous soul? Well, I mentioned one thing. It's a rich soul. Another thing, it's not a murmuring and complaining and criticizing soul. One thing I did learn growing up, three seeds of life. Out of your mouth, do not ever criticize, complain, or condemn. Three seeds. If you keep your tongue clean, you're going to keep your soul clean. Okay, so what does the, the prosperous soul look like? Now, this is Carolyn's view of the prosperous soul. Live in peace with God, yourself, and others. That means you don't allow others to inject into you their pus. Okay. Love freely without pain. You know how the pain gets into a relationship? Because you're wanting, I would want something out of Carolyn that she can't give to me because she doesn't have it. Amen. And then it causes pain to me. Because I'm thinking of demanding on Carolyn for something she doesn't have. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be at peace with Carolyn because I would be, I couldn't walk in love with her if I was demanding something from her that she doesn't have. Mm -hmm. Okay? I bet, I'm just preaching. I was, I was telling um, Simon and Sandra on the way home yesterday I said I'm going to preach a prosperous soul. I said I, I can preach that. Because God delivered me from a painful soul into a prosperous soul. I know the difference. We love freely without pain. Repressed anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, holding grudges, feeling like you're a victim. Everybody's out to get you, and everybody's getting you. Basically, what I said before, not permitting others to inject their negative feelings into us. One of the things as a pastor, and I'll speak to the ministers out there, and this is what Moses fell into, the trouble that Moses fell into. The people were murmuring 
Uh, and of course, Moses was taking the brunt of it. He had over 600,000 men who were over 20. That means there was at least 600,000 women and maybe that many children. Who knows the exact number? Okay, so the people started murmuring and Moses took it personal. And he didn't get to go in the promised land because he was angry and he struck that rock too hard when God told him to speak to it. Okay, what he did was he took that murmuring personally. Okay? And it was to God. And that's where he got in trouble. Okay. And if you're to pastor a church, if you are to be a minister, people have trouble. People are troubled in their soul. They have trouble in their life. And they will put that on you. Okay? And if you fall into that trap and allow them and get into that and allow them to put it on you when it's God who spoke. You see this? How pastors fall into this trap? Moses did. Okay, another prosperous soul is you don't try to control others. Listen, control is the spirit of Jezebel. If you have to be in control and control others in any kind of way, you are already sick. Right. Amen. Okay, you're already sick. I don't, just so y'all know, I don't need to control you. Don't want to. Praise I wouldn't even think about it. I just want you to be free. Not allowing others to control you. Unless it's consensual. Okay, as far as and you're in agreement on whatever it is that other person wants to do. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you get under the control where another person is dominating you, what they're actually doing is they, they get in a power struggle with you. Okay? Now, if you're in a power struggle in your mind with another per person on earth, that you're trying to get into their mind and power struggle, you're sick already. Right. The devil has come into your mind and he's taking it over. And it's time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about marriage here. Maybe you should work that out. Because you know? <laughs> you're in covenant with God, you know. Okay, so you got yourself in a thing where you're, anyone ever been in a situation where you were fighting it, that person in your mind all the time? Mm -hmm. Y'all yeah. know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. yes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Alan, Alan had kept his soul pure. Okay, if you, okay, if you're there in a relationship, okay, that demon and that other person, that's a demon that got you. Okay. And, and how about when the husband agrees with the wife? Okay. They let me try to explain it. They're looking at me. Okay. Okay. When they get to you, right. past your shield and past everything, when they get to your insides, right. when they get up here, there's a demon in that other person. And they got to you. That's exactly where Satan wants you because he can steal the prosperity of your soul. Yeah. That's his plan. Yeah. Always has been his plan. Yeah. 
can we get our emotional needs met in healthy ways? That means I'm not needy. Not needy. Right. Okay? That means when I talk to you, I'm not needy. All the words coming out of my mouth are my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I have I have no problems. My God's going to take care of all my problems. I don't have to worry about old age. It's not ever going to come. Amen. <laughs>
Okay, so if your life gets in chaos, then God is going, he's not going to fix your chaos. Just tell God's not going to fix your chaos. Because your chaos is demonic. It was put there by Satan. So God's not going to fix it. He's going to root the whole thing out, throw the whole mess away, and he's going to give you brand new. Amen. Yes, Lord. And he's not going to glue it together. I tried that deal. <laughs> I tried to glue everything in my life together. And thank God God rooted it all out. That's what you want God to do. You want to come in, root out, clean out, destroy everything that Satan planted. Right. Every seed that Satan has planted in your life has to be rooted out, destroyed, and pulled up. How? So that God can come back, plant, and rebuild. Does that sound like a good thing? Oh, but the rooting out, the tearing out, but the destroying means that you're going to have to let go of something. That you're probably holding on to that that you're probably friendly with that demon is why you're holding on to it. It's a familiar spirit. Okay. We trust God, His Word, His way, and His purpose. If it's written in this book, I believe it. And there and, and there are times when God speaks that I know that He speaks. Every voice you hear is not from God. Three voices. The voice of Satan, the voice of the flesh, and the voice of God. You have to learn to discern which voice is speaking to you. You're polite to the voices of flesh, especially if you're a minister. <laughs> you rebuke the voice of Satan, but you only listen to the voice of God. Amen. And you can sit there and you can hear that flesh whine, scream, cry, carry on, buck jump as a minister of God. I'm talking. You hear that flesh just a screaming. But don't you go in there and comfort that old devil and them. Tell them, come on, you got to get delivered. Come on, you got to go with God. Come on, you got to leave this old stuff behind. There's a better place to live. There's a higher place to live. You can live up here in the realm where you're prospering, where your body is prospering in health, where you're prospering in finances. Where you're prospering in your soul, where you're happy. Amen. Okay, we feel like we belong. When I first came, he used to take us out looking for me a country place. I tried to get out of here. Now I found out I belong in Houston, Texas. I can drive through those big skyscrapers, and I feel like I'm part over. <laughs> I go in those fancy subdivisions. I feel like I'm part owner. Not that I have the money to buy any of them. I even think for our church that we're supposed to have a million dollar building. That's the way I think. Why? Because I belong. I belong. God establishes us. God establishes us where he has set us. Okay? We're happy, content. 
the spirit of discontent will drive you wacky. You're at peace in the joy of life, and you and we rest in the righteousness of our of our Christ. That means I don't have to be righteous for you. If you don't like my righteousness, if you don't approve of my walk with God, you're not talking to me. You're talking to me. That thing, you're talking to my hands. You're not talking to my face. If you don't approve of my righteousness, too bad. That's your problem, not mine. I won't take it on me. You know why? Because I got it. When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see my failures and faults. He sees the blood of Jesus. Amen. Who is mad to accuse me? Who is mad to not find me righteous in the eyes of God? Who is mad to judge my righteousness? You don't have it. Amen. Not that anybody's tried, baby. But they have it passed. People are devils, and devils are very real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're studying the veil on Sunday night. And this man, Lady Healy, from the time he was born, he could see demons and he could see angels. In other words, there is no veil between him and heaven. And the spirit realm. Whatever's going on around you, he sees it all. Okay, these devils are just as real as you are. They're just in another realm. Angels are just as real as you are, and they're in another realm. Okay, these devils, our people, do not have power over us. To steal our happiness, our peace, our joy, our trust, and our right standing with All the demons out there have no power over you unless you give them power. That's right. Amen. That's right. Now, you can like that demon if you want to. You can pet it. You can humor it. You can appease it to keep it happy. Or you, and you can come into agreement with it. Or you can live on the realm with God. is writing to his friend Gaius, who was a convert to Church traditions state that he was one of 70 whom Jesus sent out and was later ordained by John as the Bishop of Pergamum. St. John is commending Gaius of his faithfulness to the truth. Faithfulness to the truth. Now, he started out, he's writing to Gaius, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Then he says, I was filled with joy and delight when the brothers arrived and informed me of your faithfulness to the truth. They told me how you live continually in the truth of Christ. 
It is the greatest joy in my life to hear that my children are consistently living their life in a way of truth. John, throughout his writings, as well as the Apostle Paul, speak often of the truth. So what is the truth? You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Okay, so if you... Okay, wait. Lord showed me this year ago when I used to do more deliverance than I do now. It showed me that demons build walls to protect themselves because they don't want to be exposed. So they will build a wall around themselves. And then they will build their nest and they will build their little kingdom inside that wall. And that to come against the wall is just like uh, they did at Jericho. I say you come against that wall seven times and you bring it down, but you have to know what kind of wall it is. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what kind of wall these demons built. It's usually it's a wall of denial, a wall of delusion, because they want a wall of denial around them because they do not want their demon exposed. Mm-hmm. So they will deny. And um, denial, um, oh, I have my word there for a minute. I'm just speaking about Well, yeah, deception. Religion. They have all kinds of walls they build around them so that they can operate in them. Okay. Now, Roger Chittle has the anointing. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. If he ministers to you, he will hit your wall. The demon in you will be offended because they do not want that exposed. They throw up that wall so they because they don't want to be exposed. But if you're doing warfare, you're going to have to bring that wall down. Amen. To because that person where that demon has made his abode will never receive truth that will set them free until that wall comes down. So they're going to reject you when you hit that wall they put up around their demon. And they're they're trying to keep that truth out because they want to keep their demons. Okay? So you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. We just have to bear this. That's something I want to hear. I'm stirring up the demons. John 16, 13. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, for whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Okay, so when the spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. But these demons don't want you to have truth. They want you to keep hiding behind your denial, delusion, that's the word I'm looking for. Denial and delusion. They want you to keep hiding there. Excuses. Give me a high five. Excuses. (laughs) Excuses. This is too much fun. (laughs) Last week I must have been hit with something completely, but it's quiet back there in the kitchen today. I think they found that up there. Okay. <laughs> 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 
life is all around us. We're living in the glory of God, His nature. We feel whole, joyful, confident, interested, strong, comfortable, peaceful, fulfilled, grateful. We have a grateful heart. We're excited, we're happy, we're at, every day is an exciting adventure when you wake up, oh how exciting, God and I are going to do something exciting today. Trusting. You trust that God is going to be with you all day and whatever's going on, you're trusting God and you're trusting God that even though people have demons in them, that you're going to be able to be like Jesus, just walk straight through the demons and they can't touch you. Or else. You're giving the demons power. Okay. And then there's the pseudo, pseudo, I'm sorry, pseudo Christianity. Been there, done that. Slash band aids on an open wound. These are rigid, legalistic. Condemning, bossy, demanding, religious without mercy, controlling, not experiencing life, liberty, happiness, joy, peace, and righteousness. These are the whitewashed tombs. Pseudo Christianity. Y'all know some. The Lord has and is extending his love without condemnation to set the church free to joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Or we've been there. He's living and breathing the life of Christ in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I wish that the Lord would again hit this scripture <laughs> with the host of heaven. And all power of earth would be poured forth on that scripture like it was done in 1945. Beloved, I pray that you are prospering in every way. And that you continually, continually enjoy good health. Just as your soul is prospering. The devil comes first to your soul before he attacks your body. If he can find an injury into your soul... Then he had access to your flesh, like not to breast sickness and disease. We got to keep our souls healthy. Because we heard a whole lot in the 70s. I got a hold of this thing about prosperity. I said, that was a good deal. I wanted to learn about this thing about prosperity. That was financial prosperity. We didn't hear a whole lot about soul Without the soul prospering, you're not going to come into full financial prosperity. Because when you get the money, you're going to be so either scared you're going to lose your money, uh, you're not going to be able to flow freely in the money, you're going to be scared somebody's going to take your money, uh, you're going to become greedy, or you're going to, you're going to do something stupid and spend it all. Okay, so if you become prosperous in finances, Without your soul being prosperous, your money's not going to do you any good. It will not bring happiness to you. You've got to have the soul prosperous with the money. And 
make yourselves prosperous, you're rich anyway. But you're rich. All right, help me, Jesus, finish. Learn to laugh. Don't take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Or anyone else for that matter. Yeah. You see our president getting up making fun of everybody? He's not taking all that foolishness serious. I mean, these guys thought they had the elite minds of the world and they were in charge of the whole world and they're one world view. He's getting up there making fun of them. You can see why that would make the devil mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think you're the smartest guy around and you got this whole thing locked up, and this man gets up and, gracious, he's not supposed to be as smart as you or as cute as you or as influential as you, and he gets up and starts making fun of you. Often the whole spirit of laughter will break forth in our spirits, and it's a release when it does. It's always a good thing. And as we learn to bring more humor into our lives and learn to laugh more, Depression and despair will have no power over us, nor will it have any place in you. <laughs> Laughter relaxes us as almost nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got going on over here. <laughs> Many individuals improve in their souls as soon as they learn no one is perfect, including themselves. They begin to laugh at their own imperfections and perfectionist demands. Pent-up anger is the root cause of the vast majority of depression. Faith in Jesus Christ and the principles of God's word, living, moving, and having our being as truth for the kingdom of God is the solution. That is what the truth is. In 3 John, the apostle continues to gaze. us. I commend you for your demonstration of faithful love by all that you have done for the brothers on their journey even though they were strangers at the time. Here John is speaking to the hospitality by Gaius to these traveling missionaries. There are times I have to give myself an attitude adjustment because of our known hospitality to traveling ministers in this small congregation of believers. I think they need an airport sometimes and they ask where could I go and get some help when I get to Houston, Texas? Oh, go over to East Cape Ministry. She'll help you. <laughs> I really think that there's an underground thing going on. But the Lord spoke to me how, how, how important that is, that we do that. And it has, see, I grew up that way. My grandmother had a promise room. I think she called it, I don't think she called it a promise room. I think she called it a pastor's room. She had a bedroom made up all the time just in case the preacher came by. Now they want hotels. Just saying, they don't want to <laughs> Okay, the John writes, Now if you would be so kind, send them on their way with a generous gift in a manner that would honor God. Now sometimes there'll be a greedy, not in this church, of course not. But I'll hear a greedy and selfish spirit speak. We should take care of our own, not people we don't know. They hadn't read the scripture.
see it was their passion for the glory of the name of Christ that launched them out. <coughs> and they're not accept, they've not accepted financial support from unbelievers. They're deserving of all the support we can give them because through our giving we can partner with them for the truth. And why has John just said? That it's through the truth that our soul is going to become prosperous. <coughs> it's through the truth that our physical bodies will become prosperous. It's through the truth that we're going to come into financial prosperity in our life. I will say to Eastgate Church, I do not believe that we have been found fault in this area. Amen. We help many. And the money set aside. And I take them offerings for them when they come through. Usually bring them in on Tuesday mornings, but I do bring them in Sunday mornings too. Sometimes I think, God, how, how far can I push this budget? How far can I push this budget? And then I say, it's not my budget. Mm -hmm. I'm not over this budget. I'm not over trying to increase our money to get a building. <laughs> you called your church to help the missionaries. Amen. Says so in John. You called your church to help the poor, whether we know it or we don't. They don't have to be walking in absolute total godliness like you. Mm -hmm. For us to help them. He just says help the poor. And they don't have to earn it. And that you judge. Uh, we help the people we don't even know. Well, I tell you what, the words got out somewhere. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. God wants us to. He wants our soul to prosper. And if we, are, if our soul prospers, we do not begrudge the use of God's money for God's purposes. Nor do we judge it. Even the minister. I do not believe these verses are generosity to traveling missionaries and itinerant speakers is separate from the blessing of. That's in the same paragraph. I pray you prosper in every way. And that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. <coughs> I believe heaven knows our name. That's why God sends his ministers to it. I made a joke they needed airports and talked about them. <laughs> but you know where they come? God trusts us. God calls our name and sends them. I've had ministers come here, and you know, they're $200,000 guys. Why would they come to Eastgate Church? God called our name. I trust him. Thank you, Lord. I just got that while I was preaching. See, you straightened me out. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Check your heart for selfishness, especially if you're begrudging something. 
He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Generosity will cause you to be able to stand in life. You see people, and maybe they don't go to church every Sunday, but they're blessed. When you walk in that person's life, you will see a very generous person. And wherever they go, they're helping the poor. They're helping people. They're free-hearted. They're not selfish and begrudging and greedy. They're not always about me, me, me. My, my, my. What about you, Lord? Their prayers aren't about me. They pray for other people. This is the word of God. This is the principle of God. God wants his people to have a prosperous soul. If your soul prospers, your family will prosper. Your, your husband will prosper. Your finances will prosper. Your health will prosper. in the conference, our financial obligations are prepared for beforehand, it says, and our giving may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. If you give, and I'm not talking to this church, I'm really not, but this is a generous church. Y'all don't, don't get under condemnation of what I'm saying here. This is a generous church with a generous heart. But you deal with people who have a selfish heart. <coughs> Satan and his minions are intent on destroying our souls through sorrow, sorrows, tribulations, distress, sickness, and losses. Psalm 63.9 reads, Those who seek to destroy our souls will go into the lower parts of the earth. That means if you go after someone who has wronged you, you could be part of that. If you're trying to destroy the soul of someone instead of building the soul of someone up, retaliation, revenge, you may get repented quick. Amen. Yes, there are mean-spirited people with wrong motives who Satan is able to use for his purpose of destroying our soul. Jerusalem's wants our responsibility that we don't let it touch us. There are going to be mean people in this world. That's a fact. Okay, but you're responsible for your own soul. And you don't let those mean people touch your soul. We know the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise and simple. When we're armed with this knowledge and understanding, we will not allow Satan to penetrate our mind, will, and emotions with garbage. Garbage thinking in is garbage mouth out. <clears throat> we will not come into agreement with Satan when he attacks our soul. All complaining, groaning, moaning, carrying on is garbage. Because that's not who God is. 
Satan tries to use unconscious motives that invariably revolve around the emotion of anger, repressed anger, holding grudges against self, others, or God. Self-flagellation is a sin. And when this, when this happens, Satan has you right where he wants you. There's no point in you doing self-flagellation and say, look at me, I'm a worm. Because then you stand a good thought. Our brains are very much like complex computers. Whatever behavior or thinking patterns which are programmed into us, people often choose to continue those behavior patterns. You can change your behavior pattern. Mm -hmm. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. A prosperous soul is a joyful soul. A prosperous soul delights in the goodness of the Lord and the beauty of his creation. How can you walk outside when the sky is so blue and the clouds are so white and the grass is so green and you not look up and say, oh dear God, when you created the world, you did such a good job. It is so beautiful. Look at those glorious mountains. Look at those seashores. Look at the fields filled with crops. God, oh, when you created the earth, you were you are magnificent. A prosperous soul delights in the salvation of God's people and the growth of God's people. A prosperous soul delights in others' happiness, blessings, and well-being. You're not jealous of someone else's prosperity. Are there gifts? Are there callings? Are the ministry that God gave them? If you could have handled it, you would have already given it to you. <laughs> we'll even delight the prosperity of our enemies. And it will not be a painful so. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. A prosperous soul delights in beauty and partners with the Creator to create beauty. A prosperous soul is creative. And if you start creating beauty, you see, that's who God is. Amen. He is the Creator of everything beautiful. So when you begin to create beautiful things around you, you're partnering with the creator of the universe. And he partners with you. And he gives me, uh, I told Kirk, and I'm finished. But um, I, I had a vision. I was morning, I was dressing for church. And I have carpet on my dressing room floor in my that in my master three is carpet there. I was I was walking on the same floor I had downstairs. Okay, I had an vision. Kirk says that won't work because uh, you need tile in there. Well, Kirk, that's not what God showed me. I saw this floor walking down there. I mean, this is always happens to me. I have plates hanging on my wall. Y'all don't know that. I had visions of those plates before I saw them. Some plates and bottles. Mm -hmm. Open eye vision. Amen. At the chandelier. Okay, I partnered with God. 
Yes. And he's created beauty. So he shows me stuff. This has been going on, I don't know how long. And I was, I was telling uh, Sonia and Beth, I have some white big candles on my mantle that I got because I didn't have any else. Well, I saw new light, thick, new lights standing on my hand and with my taste, all gold with little lamps. But I would really have my taste on. I looked up at my mantle and they were sitting there. I don't know when I'm going to run into these, but somewhere along my way, I'm going to run into these exact things. Why not? That is the creative power of mm. God. Mm. And I partnered with him. Yes. But I got to come into agreement with him. If he kicks it out from my house, mm. and I don't do what he says, is he's going to do it the next time. Whether I read or not, if he kicks it out. Amen. Amen. Amen.